This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. We are excited to continue our conversations with Daniela Terminel, who's the CEO of Global Health Corps. Global Health Corps. Worldwide, millions still lack access to quality and affordable health care. And even though the medicines, interventions, and solutions exist, there is a major delivery and implementation gap. Um, and so Global Health Corps is aiming to solve that. So, Daniela, welcome, and tell us a little bit about this great organization. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Kathy. I'm very happy to be here. Um, yes, yeah, you were saying, we at Global Health Corps are um, the most diverse movement of leaders uh, helping to, to solve the, the health systems, right? We accelerate leaders in order to intervene in these systems that are broken because, as you said, we have the medicines, we have the technology, but still millions of people are dying every day. So we want to solve that. And so I'm curious, is it a matching system? So you're connecting young leaders with global health challenges. Is it like Teach for America where they're doing sort of, um, you know, a year with these organizations? Tell us what it actually looks like. It is, it is similar. Um, our entry pad is a one-year fellowship year okay. where we have two fellows that are going to fill a capacity gap in these organizations mm -hmm. that are working with the front lines in East Africa, Southern Africa, and the U.S. Got it. So it's, it's additional staff for these organizations and for the for the young uh, young person, an opportunity to see what it looks like to be working at a social impact organization. And, and who are these? Uh, so who are these young professionals? Like, and it sounds like you send them two at a time to a to a host organization, an employer. Um, are we talking nurses, doctors, young people who want internships? Where are they in their careers? Yeah, all our leaders are younger than 30 years old, and that is very intentional because we believe in the long-term impact that they will have. And otherwise, they're very, very diverse. We have all the way from journalists to supply chain experts to developers, IT, journalists, etc. And that is because we've uh, noticed that uh, the needs of the organization are not necessarily nurses and doctors, mm -hmm. but it's how do you take for example, the medicines from A to B. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, and, and it, it's, uh, I know you've, the, the organization's worked in Rwanda, uh, and I've often traveled to Rwanda. So maybe that's an example you can tell us about. What do you, what's the organization doing in Rwanda? I'm also really curious what you're doing in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Like Rwanda, uh, as in any other of our countries, we have different um, issues that we are solving. But an example that I like is, um, the, this organization that works with architects. Mm. And what they do is that they design uh, clinics that given the smart design, the amount of um, contagious mm -hmm. or like the infections Germs between yeah, yeah be between the, the patients has decreased dramatically. You know, so because they, they now have more ventilation mm -hmm. and so on. So I, I really like that one. That's interesting. And, and what's an example in the United States? Well, in the in the U.S., uh, we've worked with Covenant uh, House, working with homeless people, mm -hmm. right? And we work also with malnutrition, for example. And malnutrition in Africa looks a little bit different than in the U.S., yes. but still in the U.S., we have a very big uh, problem with, oh, with malnutrition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this seems like, you know, a limitless opportunity, right? 
you can imagine an, an overwhelming volume of people under 30 who would love these opportunities. And I can't think of many direct service organizations that would say no to some additional staff capacity. How do you select on both ends? How do you select the organizations that get these staff members? And how do you select the, the young people who are deployed to go support them? Absolutely. One of the, the important things is that we, ha we are demand-driven. We have a demand-driven model. So we, the organizations apply mm -hmm. to work with us, and we consider uh, everything from what they are doing to their ability to work with our fellows because we want them to be involved and have a great experience. Of course. And also we uh, make sure that we have a diversity in terms of sizes, right? So grassroots organizations as much as INGOs and so on. And the applicants, they go through a very long uh, process where we analyze both the hard skills and their leadership uh, potential. Got it. And, and what's the financing and sort of funding of this organization look like? Do you fundraise and cover the cost of the fellows? Do the organizations pay you to source the talent? What does it look like? We have a cost-sharing uh, model, so the partners and ourselves uh, look for the funding to pay for the position because it is a full-time position uh, for the for the fellows. So, how long how long has Global Health Corps been in existence? Is we are just starting our tenth cohort, which ah. is a great milestone. Yeah, uh, we're also just. Uh, uh, finished a transition from our C last CEO. So we are starting this growth period and ready to dream the next uh, big thing for, yeah. for Global Health and, Corp. And so you're new as the CEO uh, uh, of Global Health Corp. What did you do? What did you do? Ah, what did you do before? Yeah, you know, I've been working with leaders my entire life. Uh -huh. I was with another organization creating entrepreneurial ecosystems in 30 places around the world. Uh, so I've seen the impact of the networks, and I've seen how investing in leaders can go a long way. Mm -hmm. uh, I was when I was in Mexico, the word entrepreneur didn't exist mm. in 2004. Yeah. No way, we didn't use it. It was just wow. not there. What um, was what was the word? It was uh, empresario okay, and yeah. not emprendedor. And empresario had like a negative con uh, connotation. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So um, and and now Mexico is one of the most uh, vibrant entrepreneurial ecosystems. So I know that by investing in a relatively few, we can have a big impact. Wow. And that's what we're doing at Global Health Corps, right? We're investing in a relatively few that are changing these systems worldwide. Very neat. And you have the vantage point of looking at what all of these companies are looking for specifically in the talent they're bringing onto their teams. You reference that often it's not the technical, you know, medical skills, et cetera, but more the leadership um, and implementation skills. What advice do you have for students who are listening, young professionals who are listening, that want to build skills that ultimately might want to work at organizations like these? What are what are some things they maybe don't expect um, are so in demand? Yeah, you know, I think that when we talk about leadership, we need to talk about being able to be uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I think that leaders are the ones that push themselves and others to be okay being uncomfortable. You know, like that allows us to, to create and to innovate. And at that same time, we are building connections. So at GHC, we, we build better and more connected uh, leaders. And I think that that part of empathy, resilience, vulnerability, 
is super important whenever we talk about leadership. Doesn't matter where you're going to apply that. So interesting. It's a it's a reminiscent of uh, of what we were hearing from Caitlin Grasso, mm-hmm. right? About being willing to ask questions, just ask, you mm-hmm. know. And Caitlin said, uh, you know, she doesn't get embarrassed. Um, which is not, as you're suggesting, that's probably not a typical response. Uh, you might be uncomfortable, but just but just go ahead and do it. Yeah. So many yeah. of our students that we see um, become successful entrepreneurs have that fail fast mentality, which it's very difficult. I think if you imagine someone's progression through a United States school system, you know, failure is the, often the enemy. Um, and so it's, you want to be at the top of your class. You want to be advanced. You want to be the best. You want to go to the best schools. Um, but then when it comes time to this, this professional chapter, we see a lot of uh, celebration of that skill set of learning to just be in a tough situation, you know, fail, learn from it, ideate, try, get back up again. Um, what are you seeing you know, in terms of the trends of 10 years, what have you seen in 10 years from the types of young people that are applying? What's the market, if you will, of, um, you know, career interests for for our generation of 20 to 30 somethings? I think it's it's diverse, right? And mm-hmm. diversity is a, is, a, is a word that we want to use. It doesn't matter what the hard skills are. Soft skills or these more authentic leadership skills are going to continue to be mm-hmm. the most important. We are living in the most connected time of our lives, and yet the loneliness levels are increasing. Mm-hmm. Right? The ways that we connect with people are decreasing. So when I think about leadership and the trends, I think that regardless of the hard skills, uh, young people need to, to focus on that, on how to bring people together. Yeah, that's great. It's great. It's so interesting, right? It's interesting for a business school uh, to be thinking about, you know, what we provide in the world and what our models are. You know, how much can we do online or how much do we need to bring people together like we're doing today? Mm -hmm. I'm also reminded, uh, and Sandy, I don't know if you know this, but uh, one of my colleagues is speaking, I think tomorrow afternoon, but she'll be speaking on her research on loneliness. loneliness. Sigal Barsay is talking about loneliness. So I think you know very much uh, as as you suggest. There's a lot of loneliness uh, at at every level of organizations, and it's an important, you know, it's an important thing for leaders to understand and to work to to overcome. Absolutely. And so as we come to the end of this rapidly flying by segment, um, Daniela, tell us a little bit about where the students who do these fellowships where they go next, um, you know, and, and what do they want in their careers that this opens up for them. One of the things that we are the proudest is that 95% of our fellows stay in the global health or social justice sector. Uh, Regardless if they are engineers and were in a tech company before, they stay with global health. Within that, they can go uh, to become entrepreneurs themselves, to government institutions, to other nonprofits. Uh, It's very diverse as well but they get involved in global health. Fantastic. Well, we have had a great time, Daniela, learning a bit more from you about the Global Health Corps. Happy 10-year anniversary to yeah. the organization and certainly a worthwhile one to check out if you are a, uh, a young professional looking for a great opportunity and pivot. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.